0: Let's look at this uh, verse here, Proverbs 31, verse 1, and uh, we're going to work through this, this chapter. The, saying, the sayings of King Lemuel contain this message, watch this, which his mother taught him. Everybody shout, which his mother taught him. Lord, bless this, make it, fill it with your supernatural spirit, would you? In Jesus' name, amen. So if you were with us last week, you know I spent a little time talking about character, part one. I want to come back to this subject of character, part two. And Bishop Donald Green, who's my pastor, uh, often quotes uh, D.L. Moody, Uh, often when it comes to describing character. Here's what Bishop Green says to me regularly and to those of us who really see him as a father figure. He says, character is who I am in the dark. Come on, say it with me. Say character is who I am in the dark. In the dark. And I think mothers throughout the ages and across uh, all of the centuries and women in general have modeled this basic truth, right? They've taught it and not modeled it, which is this. If I focus on my character, I will never have to worry about my reputation. Tell the person next to you, focus on your character. Focus on your character. You know, when I was a kid uh, and cutting up in school, when I heard that my mama was at school, I was the best kid in the school. (laughs) You couldn't find a better kid when mama was at school. But character is who you are when mama leaves the school. And if you focus on your character, you never have to worry about your reputation. I'll remind you of what I shared last week that Jesus teaches about character in Mark chapter 7. Here's what he says. He does it in the context of what defiles our lives. He says, For from within, out of a person's heart, everybody shout heart, Heart. that's his word for character, comes evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these vile things come from within. They are what defile you. Shout, character matters. matters. Here's what Jesus is saying. If I have a messed up character, I'm going to leave a lot of messed up people behind. In the trail of my life, character matters. Now, here's something that is a contemporary saying that you hear said all the time. Listen, people, are, people regularly say this, just do you. Just do you. Just do you. Just do you. All they say, just be yourself. Just be yourself. Don't worry about it. You just be yourself. Well, let me ask you a question. What if your true self is messed up? (laughs) What if you are a a, 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 a narcissistic? That's your true self, that you are just 100% focused on yourself at the detriment of others. What what if you're materialistic? What if you what if your true self is just full of hatred? What if you're a racist at the bottom of who you are? What what if you are a liar? My God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, really, do do you really want listen, let me just tell you, some of y'all, I don't want you doing you around me. I just don't. <laughs> That matters. Yes. And, and, and I understand what culture is trying to do. They're, they're trying to speak a word of affirmation. And, and here's the distinction between the gospel and culture, right? The gospel of Jesus Christ and the work of the church. Interestingly enough, uh, uh, when we come to Jesus, there is a word of affirmation. His death on the cross, his resurrection, declares to all of us that matter how broken we are in life. It declares to us, "Come to me, all ye who are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest." It declares to all of us, no matter how broken you are, I love you. Amen. Whatever those things are that name that fits you, whatever those names Jesus is talking about, he says, "No matter what, I." Love you. Shout affirmation. And there's nothing you can do to earn more love. There's nothing you can do to make me stop loving you. Be secure in your love." Then he says, "And then come to me. Because the next thing is, once you get in a relationship with Jesus, here's the next thing you're going to hear Him to say, Hear him say, "I love you. just as you are, but I love you too much to leave you like I found you, right? I love you too much to leave you like I found you. That's transformation. That's why Jesus says to Nicodemus, you must be born again. He's talking about uh, your character needs to be transformed when you come into relation. That's why Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, uh, that's why he says that anyone who's in Christ is a is a new creation. This, I said, this, this means that anyone who belongs to, to Christ, that means in relationship with him, has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Actually, the real Greek behind the text says, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and is going. The new life has begun and is coming. Everybody shall process. To be in relationship with Jesus is a call to transformation. Yes, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That is true. But baby, please get up. Don't just wallow in your brokenness. Let's don't wallow in our sinfulness. That, 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 that he calls us into a, into a context of transformation. Everybody shout, rise up. Rise up. Rise up. Rise up. This is why I say the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, the main subject of the Bible, the main focus that God is working on inside of humanity is the transformation of our characters. You know why? Because character matters. You know, what I find to be interesting is in the last 25 years, science has finally caught up With the biblical insight that character matters. They have. Back in 1994, a group of scientists, about a hundred of them, engaged in a project. They went all over the world looking at every culture, every philosophy, every religion, examining it across the years and the centuries, and they identified what they call 24 character traits that are universal in all these different cultures. And then they created what they call kind of a periodical chart of character traits. And then they grouped the character traits by six, uh, what they call character virtues, or character strengths. And so, so they came up with creativity. That's a love for learning. And courage, that has to do with uh, 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 being brave and, and honest and and humanity is a big category for love and kindness and respect. And then there's justice. And they're not religious, but they even came with a category called forgiveness. And this thing called transcendent, of notion of optimism and faith, etc. I simply share that to simply say that scientists now say, that's why there's so many books about grit and perseverance and all of this. Scientists now say, guess what? Character matters. And the science says an amen to the Bible that's been reinforcing that for centuries. Character matters. Now, I told you about transformation. So here's what it means. Your character and my character can can be developed and shaped. Ask the person next to you, did you know you can improve your character? Ask them. All right, all right, all right. Here's why I raised the question. Because there are a lot of us in here today who actually believe this philosophical nonsense. You cannot teach an old dog new tricks, somebody says. <laughs> nonsense. Well, let me give some new, here's some good news. I'm not talking to old dogs. Here's what the scientists sell us. They say, you know what? We have what they call a, a prefrontal lobe cortex. And that, and, that, and that, that's where our sense of self-control, and it's malleable, it's flexible, and it's really malleable and flexible when we we're kids, but even in old age, it's still flexible and malleable. And, 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 and so what they say is that if we, if we focus on Character trait just pick one that you're working on that, that is flexible, it's malleable, that, 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 that God has shaped us and designed us for improvement. So in their own way, they don't know, they're simply backing up what Paul has been saying through the centuries. Anyone who's in Christ is a new creation altogether. The old has passed, the new has come. God can make you better. Tell somebody next to you, God can make you better. Whether you're 70, 50, 35, where you've been stuck in the same thing for two decades or not, God can make you not perfect, but what? Better. It works on the character. Now, here's the last thing, and I'm going to jump in this text in the last few minutes here, because they illustrate the point I'm making. I want to suggest to you, as you leave here today and thinking about what this lady in this text is going to teach us, that maybe we should not focus so much on what I call behavior modification. Maybe we should not focus so much on what I call mm, hiding your bad behavior. Or simply doctoring your behavior. Maybe what we should do is, yes, I want you to work on improving your behavior. But real transformation comes from when we ask God to begin to work on our characters. Show us what does that behavior reveal to us about a character trait that we need. Let me give an example. Let's say you need to study 10 hours a day and you're studying 30 minutes. Why well, you ask God? Now, what character trait that I need to that 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 I need you to work on, so that as you change the character trait, then it changes. And perhaps that character trait is the character trait of persevering. Or perhaps it's the character trait of just the becoming a person who learns how to work hard. Everybody shout, work hard! Or maybe you're just a liar. You just lie at a drop of a hat. And and, and so maybe for you, the task is to begin to ask God, okay, now God, what's the character trait that I need you to work on transforming uh, uh, as I try to become more honest? And perhaps the character trait is courage because most lies have to do with fear. And the more courageous I become. You see, if you can shift the focus... God can develop your character. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Jesus. All right, back into this text. Oh, what a unique text we have here today. It's the last chapter in Proverbs. Proverbs is a book about wisdom. And the main focus of the wisdom in the book of Proverbs happens to be character. If you read most of the Proverbs throughout the 30 chapters, they're talking about the development of character. Mainly the wisdom comes from men. Mainly the wisdom is focused on young men, but not in chapter 31. Chapter 31 is unique out of all the chapters in the biblical text because the wisdom that is, is taught comes from a mother. Whole chapters, but let's go back to look at verse one. The, 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 it, 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 listen how it says: "It says the saying of King Lamael contained in this message, which his mother taught him." And from that moment, when it says "which his mother taught him," it is as though the voice of the king fades into the background, and the voice of this mother comes to the forefront and she occupies the next 30 uh, plus verses is the voice of this mother. Now, who is this mother? We don't really know who this mother is, but we know that whoever she is, she has raised a king. Can somebody shout, she raised a king? So I figured that anybody who raised a king, come on now, any mother who raised a king might have something to say to all of us. So if she was here today, she'd step to the forefront. She said, let me actually, let me just explain the text. She she said, if you look at verse two and three, she said, I want you to understand that even though my boy was a king, he still needed a mama. And I stepped forward because he was acting crazy and I had to confront him. Come on now. Let me show you in the text. Let me show you the text. Verse 2 and 3. Here it is. Notice, oh, my son. Oh, my son. Oh, my son. Three times. Oh, my son. Oh, the son of my wombs, Oh, the son of my vows. What? Translation. She said, boy, what are you doing? I said, have you forgotten? You're the, you're the son of my womb. I carried your little knucklehead nine months the labor was 12 hours you're you going to listen to me because as my grand aunt might would say I brought you in the world come on now <laughs> and, and, and then she says you're the son of my vows everybody shall vows and what she's saying is boy you, you, you didn't come easy matter of fact, the suggestion to the text is that she had a problem uh, uh, actually conceiving. And so she made not one vow, but vows to God. And, and in the process, God worked a miracle for her. Doesn't always work this way. For my grand-aunt, it wasn't that she conceived. He brought me into her life through the back door of adoption. But, 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 but for this woman, God worked this miracle. And the boy was conceived. So she said, boy, you are an answer to my prayers. And you're going to act crazy now. And if the mama was here, here's what she would say. Watch it. She would say, even though my son was the king, right, had authority over the country, at the end of the day, you never get so powerful. Y'all, they listen to me. You never become so influential, Silicon Valley. You never become so important that you ignore your mama. Oh, Oh, she would also say this to the parents. Never be so interested in being your kids' friends (laughs) that you concede the authority to correct them as a parent. (laughs) All right, let me drop this here. Watch this. Listen to me. How we respond to our mothers is a matter of character. She's correcting him. So how you respond to your mom is a matter of character. No matter how broken mom is. How you respond, I didn't say what she did, is right. a matter of your character. You see, you can always respect your mama. You can always be kind, hawking back two messages ago, to your mama. Even if, for whatever reason, you may love her, but you don't like her. So, this mother who raised the king comes to the forefront. She says, listen, all of this chapter is about character. She said, the nine verses, the first nine verses, we won't go through them, read it when you get home. She said, I was talking to my boy, and I told him that, number one, he needs to develop self-control, and number two, come on now, he needs to develop a heart for the poor and for the needy. And, and, and so everything is about character. And, 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 and while we don't know who this woman was, we know she raised a king, but we also know that she was a woman of power because the next thing she would say is in verse 10 forward, I, want, I painted a picture of the woman that I want to argue that my son ought to look for for a wife or a girlfriend. Come on now. And by the way, what I told my son he ought to look for in a woman, character. Come on now. I'm also teaching my daughters, this is the kind of woman you ought to be. And by the way, it's a portrait of me. (laughs) Tell somebody, more is caught than taught. Come on, say, more is caught than taught. It's a character. It's a picture of me. So number one, we know she's a woman of power because the woman from 10 to verse 10 to 31 is a woman of power. We know that she's a woman of wealth and resources and means because the woman that we see between verse 10 and 31 is a woman of wealth and resources and means. We know that she's a woman uh, that is very concerned, not just about her own kind of affluence, her wealth, not just what kind of clothes she can wear and cars she can drive and all of that, but she's concerned about her influence, shout influence. Come on, how she uses her power because they tell us that the woman that she paints a picture of is a woman who's concerned about the poor and the needy. So, so, sister girl, you, who raised the king, what you got to teach us? She said, well, the first thing I want to teach I really want to teach this to my daughters. It's found in verse 30. Don't put too much weight on your charm. It's limited. Don't put too much weight on your beauty. It's an expiration date attached to that. (laughs) Come on. But a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. And what she's saying is... I teach my daughters that the number one characteristic you ought to develop that will never run out, as a matter of fact, it will get better with age, is character. And not just any character, but character that is rooted and based in a living relationship with a reverential reverential love for Almighty God. In other words, uh, be careful about letting people around you shape your character. Because you'll respond to broken people with brokenness and think you're doing all right. But if your first love is God, come on now, he'll keep calling you up higher and higher and higher. So let your character be shaped by your, shout, faith. She said, second thing I teach, I want you to see as I paint this picture. Of my ideal woman is that I, 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 I want you to see it's okay to live out your character inside of the domestic context. Notice the verse here as it talks about it and, and they got it now starting in verse 15. Just take us through. listen. She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plans the day work for her servant girls. Next verse. Come on. Her hands are busy spinning threads, her fingers twisting fiber. Next verse. Come on. She has no fear of winter for her household, for everyone has warm clothes. She makes her own bitch bread. She dresses in fine linen and purple gowns upon the suggestion is that she makes herself. Here's the insight. Some of you ladies, you have the ability to stay home. And focus on the domestic context of raising kids. Watch this, listen. But in this culture, as we raise the level of equality, sometimes the reverse happens. That there are folk who would tell you that if you're staying home raising kids, that that ought to be something you ought to be embarrassed about. But this woman affirms that there's no greater job in the planet. Than raising kids and shaping character in the home. Huh? I, I, I was at a wedding yesterday. I did the wedding. That's why I was there. <laughs> <laughs> and I ran into uh, a, a, a couple I didn't know, but they part of this church. And the young lady was listening to the message I preached last week about kindness. So she said, as I walked down the aisle, because I told you all about that at another wedding where somebody told me to tie my shoe, she said she was watching my shoelaces <laughs> because she was ready to be kind. Come on now. <laughs> uh, but, but then I said, well, she was with her husband. I said, so I asked her husband what you do. He's a big exec at Google. I said, so what you do? She got sheepish. She, she said, well, I'm just, you know, I, I'm just at home. I said, wait, 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 wait. There's no such thing as being just at home. If you're raising kids and you're at home handling the business of home, that's a full-time job. And it is as important, come on now, what you're doing at home as what he's doing at Google. By the way, let me give a shout out because I got some dads who stay home, come on now, so that the wife can work. But that's a Father's Day message. Got a shout out to my men. (laughs) All right. So she said, live out your character in the domestic context without apology. And then she teaches, watch this. She said, live out your character in the business context. Look at this woman beginning at verse 13. She finds wool and flax and busily spins it. She's like a merchant ship bringing her food from afar. In other words, she's making her own clothes and she's going to the market and and exchanging them and selling them to merchants who are coming from all over the world but watch this but then go back to the well here she is she goes to inspect a field and buys it wait a minute the woman's got a diversified business portfolio on the the one hand, come on now, she's making and selling clothes. But then on the other hand, come on now, it's diversified. She goes and inspects the field and buys it. Come on. And then with her earnings, she plants. What that means is with the money she made, she hides some folk to plant a vineyard. She's energetic and strong, a hard worker. She makes sure her dealings are profitable and her lamp burns late into the night and what this woman this mother teaches she says I want my daughters to know that if they are shaped to be leaders in the business world come on to head corporations to be doctors and lawyers and engineers uh, there should be no shame in your game come on now just step forward and, and 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 live out your character in that context she affirms that she affirms that now, I like verse 23 because verse 23 describes her husband. He sits at the city gates, which means that he's conducting public affairs. He's in civic responsibilities, but but he owns an estate, and really, she is the CEO of the estate she 's responsible for the domestic stuff, but she 's also responsible for the investment and and, and, and here 's what it says it says her husband is well known at the city gates where he sits with other civic leaders, not just because he is an effective civic leader but He's known well because he married well. Y'all, listen, come on. Uh, 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 uh. Everybody in the city knows that that that, 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 that fellow married above his prey grade. And she took an investment. And she's done doubled and tripled his estate. And so when they look at her, come on now. And they look at him. And they say, if she married you, you must be somebody. Come on now. Let me talk to the men in the room. Some of y'all got problems because you're always trying to date below you. Because you're so insecure that you don't want a woman who is as smart or smarter than you. Well, that woman can't help you. But you ought to act like this, mom, this woman teaches here. Or just follow my lead, y'all. Marry above you. Come on now. Come on, come on, come on. Marry an eagle. So when she rises, I rise. Come on, tell somebody, I like this woman. I like this woman. <laughs> wow. Oh, come on, come on. Then and then it gets deep here. Listen, listen. Then, then verse 20, look what it says about her. With all that going on, she's not self-absorbed. It says she extends. This is, the, this is the mother who raised the king. She's saying this is the advice I'd give to my daughters. This is the advice I'd give to my sons in terms of who you ought to be looking for and being with. Look, she extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. In other words, she's a philosophic figure. It's not just about how much she can accumulate through her investments, but she's generous that she's, she has a social responsibility-ness in her, and she uses her resources to help, to use the words of Psalm 113, lift the poor from the dust and the needy from the garbage. Tell somebody, I like this woman. And then, and then in all these contexts, she reflects character traits. Watch this. In, in verse 17, we read about her hard work. And here it is. She's energetic and strong and a hard worker. All that we men and women might be known as hard Workers, Watch this. And then the next verse, put it up there. Uh, 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 When she speaks, her words are wise and she gives instructions with kindness. In other words, she's known for her wisdom. Oh, might we be known for the choices that we make and the wisdom that comes about. Come on. And then the next verse, put it on up there. Uh, uh, It says, her children stand and bless her and her husband praises her. Guys, when is the last time you praised the woman in your life, the mother in your life, the girlfriend in your life? Are you so self-absorbed that you're just waiting on them to talk about how good you look, how wonderful you are? When is the last time you took a moment and stepped back and say to my princess, to my queen? And, and, and ha- I, I, I want to challenge you, develop the art or bragging on your quote unquote significant other uh, uh, in hearing distance. Do it close enough so she can overhear. You see, 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 see what I'm doing now? Uh, uh, she's right there, but she can overhear. Come on now. As I, as I talk about how amazing she is, how brilliant she is, how fantastic she is, as I talk about the fact that I am who I am because of who I marry. Oh, you didn't hear that, did you, dear baby? You didn't hear that. Tells about, I like this woman. And then it says she's optimistic as we hustle to our conclusion. Uh, uh, Look at at verse 25. Look at verse 25. Character trait. She's clothed with strength and dignity. In other words, she's got class. Do you know you can have class if you live uptown and you can have class if you live downtown? Did you know that? Oh, and here it is. And she laughs. Come on, everybody shout. She laughs. She laughs without fear of the future. That's her optimism. And how is it that she's not anxious about the future? Because we already learned in verse 30 that her faith and her future is invested in the God who holds it all together. And then there's a subtle insight that is easy for you to miss. Here she is doing it all. But do you know you can do it all and yet not have it all? Here's what I mean. She's a wife and a mother and a businesswoman. And she's in charge of the domestic context of her house. And I note that the text does not say that she was perfect. That meant that she lived with an internal tension. Because when you're managing all those pieces, and some of you ladies are in that pocket, right? You're managing all those pieces. Uh, you are always, life will be imbalanced. You, there'll be a part of you that's thinking, I need to do more on the work side. There's another part of you that's thinking, I need to do more on the family side. And, and, and yet I want to give you a way to handle this. Come on now. And the problem is you have adopted a standard of perfection. Everybody shout perfection. Come on. Uh, 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 at work, you're letting other folk define how perfect you should be. Come on now. You, you're women. You let men set your standard. Set your own standard. All right. And, 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 and then check me out. Listen, 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 listen. Take down the standard of perfection. Put up the standard of faithfulness. Come on, that's what Jesus says, that when we get to heaven, that is the standard that the Father is going to use. He's going to say, well done, thy good and, did he say perfect? No. Well done, thy good and flawless? No. Well done, thy good and what? Faithful servant. Come on now. And women, I'm just telling you that when you go to bed at night, the only question you have to ask is, was I faithful today? Was I faithful? Was I, did I do the best I could with what I had with my kids? Was I faithful today? Did I do the best I could with what I had at my job? Was I faithful? Some days, faithfulness is 10%. That's the best you can do. Other days, it's 60%. That's the best you can do. Other days, it's a 98%. That's the best you can be. It'll never be 100 because you'll never be perfect. But your only question is, God, was I faithful? Faithful. Faithful. That's what the queen, the one who raised the king, that's what she would teach us. At the end of the day, she's saying, you know what? Character matters. That should be the goal. Now, let me end here. And I'm going to say Happy Mother's Day. I got a text the other day from one of our partners and the members of this community. And here's what she texted me. She said, I just love your aunt and uncle who raised you. She's never met him. She's never seen a picture of the aunt who raised me. But she's listened to the stories I've told about them. And she's been able to discern their character. And then she's looking at me and while I'm a long way from perfect, I, I do try to be faithful. And I think what she's saying is I can draw a straight line between the character of those who raised you and who you are. Amen. All right, here's the insight, everybody. Just before I say happy Mother's Day. Do you really want to pay tribute to your mama? To the one who raised you, whether she's alive or in heaven? <coughs> Work on your character. It is the best tribute to your mother. Let's say you had a broken relationship with your mom and and, and you can think of all the reasons why it's just incredibly painful, etc., etc. Well, you know the answer? Work on your character. Because as you become the best version of yourself, you can recover and heal her legacy in the world. Can somebody say it with me? Character Character. matters. matters. Happy Mother's Day.